third Space in the podcast aims to explore important topics in the peripheries of clinical medicine in Singapore. This is your host, Anhui. Welcome to the final part of our five-part series on the medical humanities. In this episode, we talk to Dr. Chang Tao Liang, who is a full-time general practitioner and a reviewer of classical music for the Straits Times for over 23 years. In this episode, we discuss how his interest in music developed as a child, how he started writing for the Straits Times, and how it impacts his relationship with his patients. Along the way, Dr. Chang tells us how he knew his wife was the one, thanks to music, no less. And more curiously, how much he is paid per article. So I was wondering, how about as a medical student then? How was your involvement like? Did you still have time to pursue your music interests? Or was it limited to just viewing concerts? Or were you actually writing and playing an instrument at that point in time? The five years in NUS were maybe the most restrictive five years I had. But I think if you have love for something and passion for something, you will still continue it. If you are, if you were a sportsman, for example, it doesn't mean that once you enter NUS, you will stop running, you start jogging, you stop playing football. No, you carry on. So in the same way, um, while I was in medical school, I still attended concerts, and um, I I did things as I normally would. I still played the piano, I learned new pieces, I still bought. Um, SSO by that time was already fairly well established. I attended the concerts. In fact, I got an interesting little story I'd like to say. Just a month before the first professional exam, I was an M2 in those days, uh, there was a concert which I really wanted to attend because it, for the first time, SSO had invited a very famous Finnish conductor to conduct the SSO. And I'd known his name because I'd seen him on records. And I said, this is a concert I would like to attend. And so one month before my exams, I actually attended. And at the concert, I saw my two professors in the audience. It was Professor Peter Huang, head of uh, physiology department, and Professor Khan, who was the head of the biochemistry department. And they were at the concert as well. And uh, I do not know whether they saw me, and I just saw them, and I, maybe I smiled or something. And that was it. I mean... In those days, you don't go up to a professor and say hi and all that, you know. And then the funny thing was, the following day, or rather the following week, we were having a tutorial in physiology, and all of us were very tense because all of us were worried about the exams. And then Professor Huang said, don't worry, the exams are going to be exams, you just do. Why don't you just chill out, relax, and attend an SSO concert? <laughs> At that moment, I knew he's, he had seen me at the concert and and he said, go, go and enjoy yourself. Don't study too hard. And this is the sort of thing which um, which sort of uh, characterized my, uh, my, my sort of life and, and my attitude and philosophy is, you know, you have the whole year to study for an exam. You don't do it last minute. You can still enjoy yourself, relax and... All the extra studying on that day before it makes no, no sense. Actually, for that matter, when I did my MAT exam, the day before my MAT paper, I actually attended a concert. Uh, I think it was two percussionists, I think. And I wrote the review as well. But what I did was, the night before the exam, I attended the concert. Next morning, I had to, took the paper. And after finishing the paper, I wrote the review. 
And that was one of my first reviews for The Straits Times. One of my very first, if not the second or third reviews, 1997. And at that point of time, Straits Times had said, um, we'd like you to write a column for The Straits Times. Every two weeks, write a column on CDs. And I said, okay, I'll wait until I finish my MAT and I can write for you every two weeks. And then that was that's what happened. I am still very thankful I passed the exam because if I hadn't passed the exam, that would be the end of me. I, 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 I don't know what would have happened, but I'm glad I passed the exam. Uh, I think by the skin of my teeth too, that's all. But then, you know, once you pass, no one's going to ask any questions. And then I just carried on writing for straight times. Now you probably wonder, and I still volunteered for the Singapore Symphony Orchestra in those days. I still continued writing the newsletter. Later on, they invited me to join the board of governors, uh, the board of directors of the SSO. Now in those days, by that time, even though I was writing for the papers, I did not review concerts of, for the Singapore Symphony Orchestra because that was a conflict of interest. I only started writing about SSO concerts after I had left, long after I had left the board of uh, directors and then I can be independent and you know and I think that in the Mango community there's a common perception that if you that medicine I mean I don't want to deny medicine is a difficult career um, and that that you have and you are dealing with human life so you have to know your thing like you have to know your facts right but I think that sometimes like the, there's a perception by maybe very senior people that if you do do something on the side, you're not somehow not as committed to medicine. And I was wondering, have you ever faced anyone saying of that some like stuff of that sort to you? And how do you deal with that? Anybody who holds that view that if you will do medicine, you can do anything else. That person is a very narrow person, uh, probably very close-minded, and probably has not a very interesting life. I can tell you, all doctors have interests and have very strong interests outside of medicine. In fact, very often that complements their, uh, their, their medical work and makes them more rounded people. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know doctors who paint. I think Prof- Professor Tan Chow Chuan paints as well, and he's a very good painter as well. I, I know another professor, I think Professor Vernon O oh from NUH, who does fantastic paintings. So, I mean, you can, you can do these things on the side. And a hell lot of doctors play golf. Now, anybody ask me how I got so much time to do music, the answer is because I do not play golf. (laughs) 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 Uh, Well, I I don't play golf. I learned to play golf when I was young, but I had no interest in it. So, and my interests were all into into music. Uh, But it's not just music, but everything that comes with music. I, because I enjoy music, I enjoy the arts in general. I enjoy uh, looking at classic paintings. I enjoy reading literature, reading poetry, uh, watching ballet. Whenever I travel, I go to art museums, I go to concerts, I go and visit cultural heritage places. So it's, it's, it's not just music alone. Because if you say music alone, um, it's also rather narrow. So I don't just listen to classical music, I listen to jazz as well. Well, I don't listen to much pop or, 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 or rock, but, but there's so much in classical music, there's so, so much. It's hundreds and hundreds of years worth of music, you know, that's worth listening to. And I, I can't say I've even finished listening to everything because there's still lots of new things to listen to. So I think most doctors, uh, most uh, 
uh, will have their interest and there's no reason to say why uh, you cannot pursue anything outside of medicine, you know. I mean, there are doctors who pursue politics too, you know. Uh, they become uh, MPs, they become ministers, uh, they, 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 they do social service by, by having the uh, meet the people sessions and all that. Does that affect the medical work? Not the least. I'm, I'm sure they're I'm sure it does not, does not affect their work at all because they will maintain professionalism in both spheres. And uh, I still work full-time, contrary to what some people think. <laughs> I work full sessions in my clinic and music is when I'm free in the evenings, when I don't, I don't do night clinics anymore. So I attend concerts, I write my reviews right late into the night which I sent to the Straits Times uh, within the same evening, actually, of the concert, yeah. I think you touched about, um, you touched on this a little bit already, but I was wondering, could you talk a bit more about your day-to-day -day life, like, as being a doctor who writes at night? Like, how exactly does it work out? How often do you go for concerts? Um, are there deadlines for the Straits Times that you have to abide by? Well, I work full hours like most uh, family physicians, morning, afternoons, every day. I have a weekends off. I work on Saturday morning, but Sunday is off for me. All my evenings are free, so these are the times I attend concerts. I attend more concerts than I write. So there are a lot of concerts which I attend which I don't write about, but there are selected concerts which I write. I average about three or four reviews uh, a month for the Straits Times. At one time, it used to be 10. Ah. But um, the Straits Times has shrunk in the in the coverage, and there are also more music reviewers in the Straits Times now. So we share the the responsibility. So some months I used to write ten reviews that were more than five or six years ago. Now I, I I'm happy to write three or four, which gives me a lot of time and less pressure. Most times I would have to send in the review by ten a.m. the next morning, so it's actually not that bad. I've heard of my predecessors who used to have to uh, call in by midnight with their reviews, and that is really tough. You know, but what I do is, at the concert, I make mental notes and I take down notes of what I might like to say in my review. Each of these reviews are limited to about 450 words, so I have to get all the information I need and summarize it in 450 words, uh, which means I've got to talk about the program, what pieces were played, the artist, the performance, and how the concert gelled as a whole. Now, this is, uh, I won't say it's a specialist thing, but it helps when you know the music very well, or you've had many years of listening. You become better as a writer, a more experienced person, after you've written more and more reviews, and after you've attended more and more concerts. About the, um, uh, about the pay, well, it's $150 per article. Uh, if you think the amount of time that it's spent, of course, uh, if you work the night clinic, you probably earn more. Lah. <laughs> mm -hmm. But uh, the money is just one thing. I've never quibbled, quibbled with them as the fee. I will just do it. If the fee was less, I will still do it. At, at one time it was less, I will still do it. If it's more, of course, I'll be, well, I, I'll be happy. Uh, but... Um, the thing is, it's not the money. Although it's good pocket money uh, to help fuel my, uh, my, my 
not my principal source of income. It it's just a, it's just a hobby. That's all I can say. Yeah, right. and the one you enjoy yourself. And I'll listen to a piece of music in multiple versions. That means, let's say, a symphony or a piano concerto. I will listen to different performances of the piano concerto, even though it's the same music. And you can tell there is a difference because different people interpret music differently. Uh, and, and, and all of them have a valid way of saying what they want to say about music. It's like attending concerts. Uh, if you're playing, let's say, a Beethoven Symphony Number no. 5, you will hear it over and over again every few years. Uh, in fact, sometimes we, there are some years we hear it three times a year. But what curious is, you want to know, you would like to know what the conductor or the orchestra had to say about the music. And different times, it sounds different. So something I hear about is... Uh... They like to say, oh, as a, as a doctor, if you have a hobby, then you get to connect with your patients better. And I was wondering, is, does this hold true for you as well in terms of music, connecting with your patients better? Or is there any other way else in which music affects your doctoring? Now, patients have hobbies too, you know, actually. <laughs> so they're not here because they're sick. You need to connect with them outside of their sickness. And in a, in a way, it, 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 helps, um, it helps your communication. They, be, they, they will be more free to discuss with you. I have patients who are musicians, professional musicians. I have patients who love music. They attend concerts and we attend concerts. I see each other at concerts as well. So it happens. And then sometimes we discuss. So, you know, if you went to see a, a, a doctor or, or a professional, it does help that um, they share the com common interests. This, mor this morning I saw a patient who likes to watch football. And so do I. So we talked about football. You know, besides discussing uh, the medical problem, we also discuss about football and the fortunes of certain football teams and some history and all that. So it does connect. I, I, I like to talk to patients about those who are involved in the arts, those who, who like traveling because I like traveling and visiting different places. Uh, among the foreign patients, uh, I like to ask where they came from, which town they came from in their country, and we may have something to, to talk about then. So, for example, uh, I've been visiting Germany quite a bit over the last few years to attend music festivals and I happened to find uh, some patients who actually came from those places I visited. So that's, that's a common interest and then of course they are interested uh, They are interested to, to see you as a doctor and not just as a doctor but as a human being. And I think that's part of relating to people as human beings, finding out what their interests are, what their motivations are and if you share common interests, all the best. I think patients appreciate that too, and you, you, you form a common bond because you have a common interest. How do you start out with being a music critic? You don't start off becoming a music critic. You start off becoming a music lover. That's the first thing. Because the many, many events lead up to becoming a music critic later. So when you say, how did I become a music lover? It's, it's a long process. Uh, my mom was a music lover. She played the piano. And she got me to learn to play the piano when I was three years old. And then I had lessons, where I good, had a good teacher who, who, who not only taught me the theory of music, but how to enjoy music as well. She told me about composers, the pieces they wrote, and the tunes which I played, what became the tunes of which I grew up with. Many of these tunes later I found out were actually parts of classical music, famous pieces. And in this process where you learn an instrument, you try and master a few basic uh, techniques and you enjoy the music, 
it's a matter of time you learn more pieces and your repertoire grows. Now, one thing people ask me is music exams. I never took a music exam in my life. I know, that's a surprise. I did try to learn the pieces, um, grade one piano pieces when I was like five or about six years old. I couldn't stand them. And I, I, I didn't play them properly. And, and then I think my mom asked my teacher, maybe he doesn't take exams. Is that okay? And they said, that's fine. So in a way, that was a good thing because if you needed to take an exam, you have to learn three pieces and practice them until you're perfect and you only learn three pieces in this year, in one year. Being freed of having to take exams, actually, I learned far more, far more pieces. And the thing is this, as you learn each time you learn music, you learn about the composers. So in the end, I, I got to know a lot of composers and, 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 and their tunes. Um, I would say... The turning point came when I was 14 years old. Uh, that's when you start learning about lots of things and you, you develop a bit more of independence. When I was 14 years old, the Singapore Symphony Orchestra came into being. And that's a life changer. Uh, for the first time, you were able to hear the music you heard on records live. And to see a live orchestra playing the music to see live pianists, violinists, soloists, whole bunch of instrumentalists um, perform the music live. It's a life-changing event. And that also coincided the time where I had enough pocket money to buy cassettes. Now, cassettes, we call it mixtapes now, or whatever you call them now, were very common and very cheap in those days. Hearing these recordings also made me want to play. By that time, I had no longer had a piano teacher, but I had enough, learned enough technique, enough theory to be able to learn some of the pieces myself. So when you get to hear the music on cassette, hear it played by the orchestra and learn it on yourself on the piano, it was, uh, it was a, a lot of fun, a lot of discovery. And of course, at that time, I also had enough uh, pocket money to buy books, reference books, magazines about music and that, that's how it all started. But did I write about music at that time? No, I did not. It, it took me even another more, 18 more years. So it took me 18 years of music appreciation. And if you consider the more years when I was younger, so maybe 18 plus another nine or 10 years before I wrote my first review. And writing my first review was uh, was uh, uh, event as well because at that point of time I never knew that I would end up writing so many reviews. Uh, you were just invited to write mm. and and it wasn't an accident because how was I invited to write to Straits Times? At that time I was already uh, a volunteer to the Singapore Symphony Orchestra. I wrote um, I wrote articles about the Singapore Symphony Orchestra for their newsletter, for their programs as well. Uh, the music programs, I wrote about the artists who played with them, the, the musicians, and I I was asked to start the newsletter of the Singapore Symphony Orchestra at that time. Now, I had no idea about writing, but I had some idea of what I would like to say about music, and that's when you start. When you attend the concert and you ask yourself, hmm, did I like the concert or did I not like the concert? If you did, like the concert, you would like to say why you like the concert. So it means you actually make a sort of a summary of what happened, 
what pieces of music were played, who played them, were they played well, what do you enjoy about the concert. I didn't. I can't say I'm a natural, but it took me some time to phrase the words and to use the words in a way which is technically correct and, and not sound like a, someone who doesn't know anything about music. Let's say there's another medical student, like right now, in this 21st century, 2020 era, and they're also interested in becoming a writer of some sort, might not necessarily be a music critic. Mm. Um, what kind of advice would you give to them? I would say, pursue your love. If you... In fact, I had medical students in my medical posting who played instruments. One of them played an orchestra, an amateur, a young, a young youth orchestra. So, of course, I encouraged him to, to carry on playing uh, and, and to enjoy the music in whatever way. And I think he composed as well. For someone who writes, who is hoping to write, I would say put your thoughts on paper. Even though, even though you may not be being paid for it, there are lots of places where you can put your thoughts. A blog is a good example. And somewhere along the way, people who have read your articles would say, hey, you actually write quite well. Why don't you write for this and that? After a while, my name appeared in the papers about music, you know, when I wrote about music. So they asked me, why don't you uh, start a column? Uh, well, people get invited to start columns. I'm not the first doctor to have a column. Uh, Waffles Wu has a column. Yes. Uh, you know, uh, Chong, Chong Xiao An, the psychiatrist, has a column as well. Yeah. On psychiatry. And the one I'm most proud of who had, who had the column was Mahathir. <laughs> Dr. Mahathir had a column when he was studying in medical school in Singapore in the 1940s, early 50s. Yes. Uh, usually about social things, politics and all that. And the best part, I met him once ever in my life. And guess what? He was attending an SSO concert. And that day, I somehow knew, that I had some insider information that he was coming. So I got his, uh, I got his biography and got him to autograph it for me. And I took a selfie with him too. <laughs> and he was already 92 years old. And that was before he became Prime Minister, by the way, the second time. He was already officially retired from politics. He had a free time to come to Singapore to watch a Malaysian pianist perform. And that's why I got to meet him. Then, a few years later, he became Prime Minister again. So maybe what is your favourite music piece of all time? Ah. And maybe specific versions of those. Oh my goodness. That is... Uh... <laughs> okay, okay, okay. okay, officially, officially, I would say my favourite composer is Bach. Because he is like the god. God of music, you know? No one is greater than, 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 than Bach. Or, or rather, all the great classical music you hear started... Not with him, but uh, he inspired a lot of, of, of great music. Okay, uh, The piece I enjoyed the best by Bach, I would say, is the Goldberg Variations. And that is why my wife is sitting with me here. Mm. We met... Um, okay. Uh, oh, this is the part. Now, this is the part. This <laughs> is the part. Yes, yes. No, the Goldberg Variations is a interesting piece. It's written for harpsichord. And later it can be played on the piano. It was written by Bach for a student of his called uh, uh, Goldberg. And Goldberg wanted a piece of music, and this is where a medical part comes in, to help help one of his, uh, to help this old count fall asleep. Because this old count was having very bad neurasthesia, bad maybe PID or some cervical spondylosis or whatever, and he could not sleep. 
So he wanted to get, have a piece to write to make him fall asleep. And this work was written specifically for this purpose. I think this is the official version of the story. The real story, we don't know. So it was a piece to help insomnia. And why? Essentially, Bach used a short theme of descending notes in the aria, as a form of the aria. Then he wrote 30 variations on this piece. So you wrote this piece 30 times in a different manner. And you play the 30, piece, 30 pieces together in, in continuously. Now, the, the story where my wife comes in is this. When I was, when I was starting my writing uh, career as a music reviewer, um, I saw she, that she attended concerts as well. So I knew mm, she loved music. So maybe I could invite her to, 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 uh, to, to attend uh, a concert, you know. Um, uh, and what happened was we attended the concert. It was a concert by Singapore Symphony Orchestra, of course. They played Mahler. And I kept notes there. During the Mahler, there was a symphony which lasted 70 minutes. She did not fall asleep. Neither did she uh, say that this is a boring piece or anything of that sort. So that was a plus point. Then we went for supper. And then we were talking about music. And then she said, you know, there's a piece of music which I like a lot. It's called the Goldberg Variations. And, it's, and especially the version by Glenn Gould. At that point, I said, Okay, this is the person I'm going to marry. <laughs> I don't care what she does. I do not care what she does. This is the person I have to marry. <laughs> and, 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 and this is a very funny story. And, and that was it. And, you know, and after a few dates, uh, I, I proposed. <laughs> Medicine is about people. And if you can relate to your patients, you can relate to people, you're already there becoming a physician. And I think with the free time you have, enjoy. Life is short. Uh, we do not know the world may just, the world may one day come to an end before we know it. Life is short. I would say enjoy yourselves. Do what you do. Live life to the fullest because that's the only one you're going to have. <laughs>